Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Let's talk about baseball. Welcome, everyone. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. I'm Daniel Port. I'll be your host today. I'm back for my second day in a row. And my goodness, there was so much baseball stuff going on. We had the Yankees in Seattle going 13 innings. We had hitters going crazy, pitchers struggling. So we're going to jump straight into it here today, starting with, as always, the injury news and notes for the day. So for the Atlanta Braves, Orlando Arcee will be placed on the injured list after suffering a left hamstring strain during Tuesday's win over the Red Sox. On the other side, for the Red Sox, Eric Hosmer has been listed as day-to-day. He was removed from Tuesday's game against Atlanta with a bruised left knee. We'll have to monitor his status for today. Uh, the Red Sox had a ton of things going on. Tanner Houck was placed on the 15-day injured list on Tuesday, retroactive to August 6th, with lower back inflammation. According to manager Alex Cora, Trevor Story has resumed swinging a bat as of Tuesday. Enrique Hernandez will begin a minor league rehab assignment on Wednesday. And Michael Waka is expected to cover about five innings in his rehab start for AA Portland. And finally, the Red Sox announced that Chris Sale just came back from a finger injury, will actually undergo season-ending surgery to repair a fractured right wrist, which he suffered a bicycle accident over the weekend. The team expects him to be a full participant for the start of spring training next season. For the Chicago Cubs, Wade Miley will make his third rehab start at AAA Iowa on Wednesday. Kyle Hendricks is still experiencing inflammation in his right shoulder and will rest for another week. For the Chicago White Sox, Tim Anderson was injured during Game 1 of Tuesday's doubleheader at Kansas City and was placed on the 10-day injured list with a hand injury. He's scheduled to undergo surgery on Thursday. Cincinnati Reds, we thought Mike Moustakas wouldn't have to go on the 10-day injured list, but it turns out today that they did indeed place him on that injured list. For the Cleveland Guardians, Aaron Savali will actually come off the injured list and will make his return from a wrist injury to start today against the Tigers. For the Los Angeles Angels, interim manager Phil Nevin said that Mike Trout feels really good after hitting off a tee on Monday as he's attempting to recover from a chronic rib injury. Archie Bradley is expected to begin a throwing program soon as he attempts to come back from an elbow injury. For the Los Angeles Dodgers, both Blake Trinan and Bruce Ader Gratterall will report to AAA Oklahoma City to begin a rehab assignment on Friday. For the Miami Marlins, Sisto Sanchez will throw two innings in a simulated game on Saturday, and Max Mayer underwent Tommy John surgery on Tuesday. For the Milwaukee Brewers, Taylor Rogers received a cortisone injection in his knee over the weekend, was unavailable for Tuesday's game against the Rays. Adrian Hauser will make his next rehab start Thursday with AAA Nashville for the Brewers. And for the New York Yankees, Anthony Rizzo is listed day-to-day. He was out of Tuesday's lineup with a back injury. Giancarlo Stanton has resumed baseball activities as he attempts to come back from an Achilles injury, but a timeline for his return remains undetermined. For the Philadelphia Phillies, Bryce Harper has not regained as much flexibility in his thumb as expected and is not yet ready to face pitchers. For the Padres, Jorge Alfaro was not in the lineup on Tuesday. Tuesday. He's suffering from a knee injury, and he is listed as day-to-day. Moving over to the Seattle Mariners, Julio Rodriguez is still experiencing some soreness in his wrist and won't be reinstated from the 10-day injury list on Wednesday, though manager Scott Servius hopes the center fielder will be activated for Friday's series opener against the Rangers. In addition, the Mariners have Jesse Winker listed as day-to-day with a back injury. He was not in the lineup on Tuesday. For the St. Louis Cardinals, Jack Flaherty will soon begin a rehab assignment Wednesday with AAA Memphis as he attempts to come back from a shoulder injury. And for the Tampa Bay Rays, Manny Margot will begin a rehab assignment on Tuesday in the rookie-level Florida Complex League. Finally, last but not least, for the Washington Nationals, Nelson Cruz was removed from Tuesday's win over the Cubs with a posterior right shoulder soreness and is listed currently as day-to-day. But moving on from the news and notes, let's jump straight into the hitters. There was actually a ton of really uh, interesting hitters going on throughout the league yesterday. For fantasy purposes, I think we should try and hit as many of them as we can. Jumping straight in with the Royals. So the Royals and the White Sox had a doubleheader yesterday, and really the one hitter that shined amongst that doubleheader was Vinny Pasquinito. He went uh, in seven at-bats over two games. He had three hits with two home runs and a double. He scored two runs, had three 
RBIs in a walk. This was his fourth and fifth home runs of the season. He's got three doubles in the month of August as well. He has hit the ball really well since coming up in general with a 92.9 mile per hour exit velocity, a 112 mile per hour max exit velocity, a 12 degree launch angle, a 9.4% bat barrel rate, and a 49.1% hard hit rate. You combine that with a 30% O swing percentage, an 86.2 contact rate, a 10.3% walk rate, and a 15.8% K rate. And you have the profile of a really advanced power hitter for someone who just came up about a month ago. It's really impressive. It's highly likely. The results haven't quite shown up yet, even though actually if you look over his last seven games, he has a 308 batting average with a 345 OBP and a 615 slugging percentage. It's actually hit 268 over his last 15 games as well. We just probably haven't seen in some ways the results show up as much thanks to the uh, the way that Kauffman Stadium and Target Field in Comerica Park we played. 21 of his 35 games tend to suppress home runs. By If you look at X home runs, if he played in, say, Great American Ballpark, he'd have 10 home runs by now. He'd have 7 if he played in Yankee Stadium, 8 in Coors, Angel Stadium, or Minute Maid Park, for example. And that's actually, that was calculated before factoring today's home runs. It really does seem like those parks are affecting his home run power. He's actually hitting the ball a lot better than we think he is. Eventually, that's going to turn into some major power output. For the Marlins, J.J. Bidet went one for three with a home run, scoring a run in an RBI. Over his last seven games or so, Bidet started to figure some things out. He's only hit 261 over his last seven games and really hasn't quite fully gotten the power going as he's only got a 391 slugging percentage over that time period, even with the home run. The big shift we've seen is he's making a lot more contact. Contact percent is up about 6% to 80% in recent games with way fewer swing strikes. He's got that all the way down to 8.9% basically since right around the beginning of August. But where his stat cast numbers before were really encouraging, before that time period, he had a 14.3% barrel rate. He had a 47.6 hard hit rate. All those are way down to 7.1 barrel rate and a 42.9 hard hit percentage. Those are all not as encouraging. And so it tends to make me think that he's still not hitting the ball particularly well, despite his improvement in other areas. And you just got to wait for him to put it all together at once. Once we get closer to about 100 plate appearances, that's when we'll have a better idea of who Day is going to be this season. But obviously the power potential sky high it's for real so keep an eye on him but i'm not getting him yet for the phillies alec Baum one for three with a run and an rbi and a walk uh, he hit third in the lineup again today so i just wanted to keep bringing that up as long as he continues to hit there uh, he's hitting great he's available in roughly still a third of leagues out there so uh, if he's out there he's a must add for sure Jan Segura for uh, the Phillies also went two for three with a home run, a run scored in an RBI. Actually, Segura, so he's been dealing with injury all season. He missed basically June and July and has only been back for a few games. But he, in those games, has hit pretty darn well. He's hitting the ball harder than ever than he ever has in his career this season. He has five hits over his last two games. And now that he's back from the broken finger that he suffered and likely locking down second base all day, they had him batting sixth in the Phillies lineup today. If he holds down that spot, it could be a really nice pickup as well, given his contact skills and that really nice lineup. For the Braves, most of the damage, the Braves scored a ton of runs in this game, but most of the damage was done by, by Ronald Acuna Jr., Dansby Swanson, Austin Riley. They really contributed a ton to this game, but there were a few other hitters that stood out. Willem Contreras went one for five with a triple and an RBI and a walk. He's been actually really great. He doesn't have quite show in the batting average, but over his last seven games, William Contreras has a 538 slugging percentage. And over his last 15 games, he's got a 472 slugging percentage. Uh, he's actually been a 137 WRC plus hitter since July 1st with six home runs over that time period and 863 OPS. For a catcher, that's incredible. His stat cast numbers look incredible over that time period with an 89.9 mile per hour exit velocity, a 115.2 max exit velocity, and a 15.6% barrel rate. This feels really legit. I think he will continue to rake. He's available in half the leagues out there, so if he's out there, scoop him up. Uh, do not hesitate. I think that could be a really nice boost at catcher for you. 
For the Red Sox, Tommy Pham went two for five with a run and an RBI and a walk. He had a double and a home run. Over his last seven games, again, the, the batting average hasn't quite been there for Pham, similar to William Contreras. He's got a 533 slugging percentage over his last seven games with two home runs. In the seven games he's played for Boston, he has seven hits overall with two walks, including back-to-back games with home runs. He's got three doubles in that time period, five runs scored, four RBIs. He hasn't stolen a base since July 3rd, which uh, is disappointing, but they had him leading off in that lineup, and it's still a pretty solid lineup, and that's valuable in and of itself, so I still highly recommend picking up Tommy Pham, so long as he's leading off for the Red Sox. Christian Arroyo went two for five with a run and three RBIs with a double and a home run as well. Christian Arroyo has actually been fantastic. Over his last 30 games, he's hitting 323 with a 375 OBP and a 531 slugging percentage. He's got four home runs over that time period, and he's been just red hot. Over his last 50 games, he's been 382, uh, and over his last seven games, he's been 357. So I wouldn't expect much more than average from him, but man, when he's hitting for that high of an average, it doesn't really matter. That's just helping your t- team in so many ways. He's putting up career highs in all the stack S numbers. He's shaved 11% off of last year's 24.3% K rate. He's making way more contacts. He's chasing less. All this looks like really great improvement uh, and is very exciting. I absolutely recommend picking him up if you need that help in batting average and probably he could help in either runs or RBIs a little bit as well. For the Mets, Darren Ruff went two for four with a double run and two RBIs. His production has been pretty empty for the Mets so far. It's all been pretty much average, but he's hitting the ball and you, we've seen a near 10% increase in his fly ball percentage and a 5% increase in his pull rate along with solid stack S numbers this year, which supports the big jump he's taken in power this season. There are other players I've mentioned that are like better than him, but they're not available. I do expect Ruff to hit for a handful of home runs with some solid average and the Mets had him batting fifth here. So again, that provides some value. For the Guardians, Stephen Kwan went one for four with two runs scored and a walk. Kwan has been absolutely on fire. You've heard me talk about him before. He's at 333 over his last seven games, 339 over his last 15 games, and 339 over his last 30 games, as a matter of fact. You're not going to get a lot of power, maybe a couple doubles at most, but he's top 15 in OBP in the league right now. And since July 6th, he's had only three games without a hit over the 29 games he's played throughout that time period. He scored 21 runs over that time period with 10 doubles and four stolen bases. Just a really fantastic, consistent hitter. He's must add an OBP in points, but if you need help in runs or average, as well. He's a must-add. Also for the Guardians, Oscar Gonzalez went two for four with two RBIs, a run scored, and a and a double. Gonzalez has been really great as well. Over his last seven games, especially, he's at 321 with a 500 slugging percentage with a home run, four RBIs, and two runs scored. He's been a 120 WRC plus hitter on the season. Right now, his immense power potential is manifesting itself more in the form of long doubles rather than home runs, and that makes some sense. His launch angle is only at 5.8 degrees. He's only got a barrel rate of about 6%, but if he can start lifting the ball, you could be looking at a really big breakout player. In fact, we're actually already seeing it somewhat as he, in August, he has a 10% barrel rate with a 14.1 degree launch angle, and he's hitting the ball in the air around 50% of the time. So maybe he's already making that adjustment. I could definitely see taking a shot at Oscar Gonzalez. If nothing else, I think he'll continue to tribute the way he has so far already this season. For the Nationals, Jay Manesis continues his storybook season as he went two for four with a, a home run, two RBIs, and two runs scored. So far in the 20 at-bats Manesis has had in the majors, he has three home runs. He's hitting 300. Not too bad a debut for the 30-year-old, and it's not like it's coming out of nowhere. So far, actually in AAA, before being called up, Manesis hit 20 home runs with 14 doubles and 414 plate appearances while hitting 286 with a 341 OBP and a 489 slugging percentage. He doesn't strike out as much as you would expect someone with that kind of power to do, and he makes a ton of contact. Obviously, it's an incredibly small sample size. It's only 20 at-bats. I'm not picking him up yet, but you better believe that every single day I'm looking at his box scores to see if A, he gets the full-time role there, and B, uh, keeps producing because there's a lot of potential there for sure. Kyber Ruiz went two for three with four RBIs and two runs scored, hitting two home runs today for his fifth and sixth home runs on the season. Over his last seven games, we've seen Kybert Ruiz really turn it around. He'll be mired in one heck of a rookie slump for quite a while here um, after getting off to a hot start. I I think this uh, bodes 
promising things. He has three home runs in his last seven games. He's had an absurdly low babe up on the season for some with his contact abilities and hit tool. So we were always expecting some regression, but he's even actually hitting the ball in the air more. He's pulling the ball more right now, and he hasn't. He, and when you can do that without losing contact, that's a really good sign that you're seeing the ball better and you're hitting it better. Could be very helpful a catcher if you need any help there. For the Cubs, Fran Mel Reyes made his debut as a Cub, going one for four with an RBI. I just bring it up to mention that he hit fifth and DH'd in this one, and only had one strike on the day in four at-bats. So that's, those are all encouraging signs. It gives us an idea of what his role might be. For the Brewers, Andrew McCutcheon went two for four with a double, two RBIs, and a run scored. I've been preaching picking up Kutch for a while now, and I, in fact, actually yesterday, I even uh, suggested streaming him today, and turns out I was right. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. Definitely, if he's still out there, go get Andrew McCutcheon. Colton Wong, also for the Brewers, went one for four with two RBIs, hitting a double. He's been absolutely on fire. He's hit 348 with a 565 slugging over his last seven games, and hit 380 over his last 15 games with a 620 slug, and 303 over his last 30 games with a 485 slug. So he's been great. Has been a 143 WRC plus hitter since June 1st with 26 runs scored in 40 games. He's actually out there in half of the leagues I'm seeing right now. And he's batting sixth for the Brewers. So he could a big help in average and RBIs in what is actually a top 10 offense by runs scored. He might even chip in a couple stolen bases as he's known to swipe the occasional bag. Could be a really great addition. So definitely look and see if Colt Wong is available in your leagues. The Astros, Almedes Diaz, went one for four with four RBIs, a run scored, and a home run. He's another hitter who's been red hot. Over his last 15 games, he's hit 309 with a 618 slugging percentage. Over his last 30 games, he's hit 296 with a 583 slug and seven home runs. He has been a 175 WRC plus hitter since July 1st, with seven of his 10 home runs on the season coming over that time period, along with 10 doubles, 17 RBIs, and 18 runs. His stack cast numbers are great. He's got a 9.5% barrel rate with a 47.6% hard hit rate, 16.4 degree launch angle, and a 90.1 mile per hour exit velocity. He qualifies a ton of positions. Definitely worth an ad right now, as he is just absolutely killing the ball for the Astros right now. For the Rockies, to cover a couple hitters real quick here, they scored 16 runs yesterday, so lots of action. Jose Iglesias went 3-for-5 with two runs scored in an RBI. He's been killing it over his last 30 games. He's been hitting 368 with a 509 slugging percentage which is insanely high for Iglesias, who's pretty much been a contact hitter his entire career. If you need some average, if you need some run scored, he's hitting second in the Rockies lineup right now and gets a hit in Coors. So definitely could look at Jose Iglesias there. But more or less, Ryan McMahon is the guy I want to talk about as he went one for four with a 495-foot home run, getting two RBIs and two runs scored as well. I've talked about Ryan McMahon in, I believe, two days ago, a couple podcasts ago here, talking about how he was getting hot and he is staying hot. Hit 409 over his last seven games with a 909 slug and three home runs over the time period, including two stolen bases, actually. Go back and listen to, I believe I talked about him in the sixth, but here on the First Pitch Podcast, if you really want the rundown on Ryan McMahon, but definitely go pick him up if he's still out there. Randall Grichuk went five for five with three RBIs and three runs and a home run. Over his last seven games, he's been hitting 440 with a 680 slug and actually been hitting 300 over the last 30 games with four home runs and a stolen base. I don't expect this to last for Randall Grichuk. Nothing in his stat cast numbers seem to imply that changes happen or he's doing anything differently. You ride the hot streak while he's while he's hitting it, and in the moment, signs of trouble, you get off uh, of this train for sure. Um, and then finally, El Jerus Montero went two for five with two runs scored. I just bring him up because this is a guy with a ton of power potential. He's at 423 over his last seven games with a 692 slugging percentage. The home runs are coming for this guy. He's just absolutely crushing the ball right now. Definitely worth an addition as well if you see him out there on the waiver wire. So that's all the hitters uh, that I wanted to talk about. I know it was a lot, but there were a ton of runs scored. It was a very uh, interesting day for hitters, for sure. Let's jump into the pitchers. There aren't nearly as many because the hitters uh, did so well. But for the White Sox, Lance Lynn went six innings, gave up four earned runs with five strikeouts, two home runs. Um, again, nothing I see here that makes me feel like Lance Lynn is someone we should be going to pick up this season. We'll just reset and take a look at him next season. 
For the Royals, Brady Singer was fantastic. Went 7.1 innings pitched with one earned run and six strikeouts with uh, a home run given up. A great bounce back start, especially since uh, his last start when he got four earned runs was against these same White Sox. So facing the same team twice in a row is really impressive. Since July 1st, he's had a 2.45 ERA in seven starts with 51 strikeouts and 44 innings pitched. In that time period, his changeup and his slider have exploded in their effectiveness. And he's pulled back on throwing uh, as many pitches in the zone uh, where, and becoming way too predictable with too many first pitch strikes. And I think that's been a, a big part of his success. I buy it. Honestly, I'm not just looking at uh, Singer as a streamer for now. I'm adding him to my rotation in general with the way he's pitching. The only issue that I have right now is his next start is against the Dodgers. So maybe hold off on that one, but definitely be looking to add Brady Singer in the future. For the Marlins, Braxton Garrett went 4.2 innings pitched with giving up four runs, three of them earned with three strikeouts. This was a rough run for Garrett, but not unsurprising given it was the Mets, and they really excel against extreme strike throwers like Garrett. Uh, I'm still all on board with Braxton Garrett. I love what I've seen from him this season, but it is worth noting he gets the Braves next, and that could be rough as well. So I also understand moving on from him temporarily through that start as well. For the Braves, Charlie Morton went six innings pitched, gave up five earned runs with seven strikeouts and a walk. It's a roller coaster of Morton. You never know when he's going to be good or which Morton you're going to get, but the strikeouts are always there, and that usually makes it worth it. He gets the anemic Marlins offense next, so I'm definitely starting there, but be careful with Charlie Morton. For the Cardinals, Miles Mikolas had maybe one of the worst starts of his career. Went 2.2 innings pitched, giving up 10 earned runs with two strikeouts. Mikolas got Coors. There's no other way to put it. This is in Coors Field. His ERA coming to start was 292. Jumped all the way up to 3.50, uh, 3.50. And he's been fantastic all season, so I'm not worried at all. I'm going to pretend this start never happened and move on, honestly. He gets Milwaukee next, and we'll have a better idea after that start if something's wrong. But I'm probably still starting him there. For the Diamondbacks, Tommy Henry went 7 innings pitched with giving up just one earned run and three strikeouts. This was just his second start of this season, and we now officially have one good start here against the Pirates and one bad start when he faced the Guardians get four earned runs in that start. So considering the good ones against the Pirates, I'm still leaning towards Henry not being very good, but we'll see. If nothing else, I'll need to see a K percent higher than 12% to make starting him worth it. So keep an eye on him, see, if, see how this next start goes, but I'm skeptical at the moment. For the Giants, Alex Cobb went five innings pitched with three earned runs and seven strikeouts. Cobb's actually been pretty solid over his last seven games with a 3.61 ERA and 44 strikeouts over 42.1 innings pitched. I've actually seen him add velocity across the board since July 1st, and he's made his changeup his primary pitch over his recent run of success. He throws it nearly 47% of the time now, and the pitch has genuinely flourished. And it's actually allowed his fastball to perform better as well. As long as that continues, I actually really count Cobb as a, as a nice steady pitcher. He gets Arizona next, and I'll definitely start him there, and then we'll see how he does. For the Twins, Joe Ryan went five innings pitched, giving up six runs, five of them earned with four strikeouts and a walk. He's given up 17 runs in his last three starts, and I, I just can't get behind him right now. Maybe he's hurt, I don't know, but something is wrong with Joe Ryan right now, and I'm not starting him at all until uh, I see that get right. So that's all of the hitters and pitchers we want to talk about today. Like I said, I know it's a lot, but there was just a ton of action going on. It was really a fun, fun day of baseball. But real quick, let's... Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff, plus you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show 
take a break. Awesome, thank you, welcome back. And before we jump into what we're watching today, let's check out with Mark Paquette for the weather. Thank you very much. Well, today, what we're gonna see for some rain issues is gonna be in Baltimore, where the Blue Jays and Orioles are finishing up their series. Uh, we saw a rain delay there yesterday, and wouldn't be surprised to see another one today as a cold front gets stalled in the Mid-Atlantic region. The Phillies should be just far enough north and east that it shouldn't be much of a problem, but as I said, the game to watch in terms of rain is the Blue Jays at the Orioles. Thank you very much, and have a good one. Thank you so much, Mark. So, uh, a couple things I'm watching for today. So, first off, both the Guardians and the Twins are playing today. The Guardians against the Tigers and the Twins against the Dodgers. But they entered today tied for first place in the AL Central. So, these are two very pivotal games as we come in on the back half of the season here. For the Yankees, and the, they're playing the Mariners again. And we're coming off an insanely good game. Watching Garrett Cole and Luis Castillo go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. That game went 13 innings pitch. Both pitchers were fantastic. It was just, a, it lived up to its billing. And we should have another really great matchup here today with Nestor Cortez going against Robbie Ray. So definitely watch that game for sure. Sandy Alcantara is facing Noah Syndergaard. That should be really fun. And Sonny Gray is going up against the Dodgers. He's had a fantastic season so far. It'll be fun to see if he can continue that against one of the best offenses in the league. And finally, I want to see how Jose Quintana performs in Coors. That could be a really fun game. In terms of hitters I'm looking to stream, pick any of the Guardians you can get your hands on against Drew Hutchinson of the Tigers. Uh, that should be a really nice matchup for them. Any Orioles you get your hands on against Jose Barrios. The Astros, if you think Almedes Diaz or someone along those lines against Otto for the Texas Rangers could be a really nice matchup. And really any of the Diamondbacks going up against Mitch Keller for the uh, for the Pirates. In terms of pitchers to stream, Madison Bumgarner versus the Pirates could be a really good matchup given how terrible that offense is. I don't really like Mad Bum this year, but I, it's the Pirates. Aaron Savali is returning today to face the Tigers, and that could go really well for them. Could be a nice spot start. Johnny Cueto is going up against the Royals, which could be a nice start in there as well. And my favorite, though, is Justin Steele going up against the Nationals. Steele's been really great having a sub-3 area of his last seven starts, and he'll be facing the Nationals, who might not even have Nelson Cruz in the lineup today. So that is my favorite start is Justin Steele against the Nationals. That's everything we got going on today. Thank you so much for hanging in there with me as I tried to get through everything. Enjoy your Wednesday. Let's watch some baseball and have a great one. Thanks, folks. This has been the First Pitch Podcast brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.